Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, U.S. House of Representatives has elected a speaker, as you heard there in our headlines. Mike Johnson has taken the oath. Ed Baxter has the story and the rest of the news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's right, Brian. Uh, cements the Republican Party's rightward shift after three weeks of a fight that paralyzed legislative work. Mike Johnson is a social conservative with fundamental Christian beliefs. The, the, the people have lost their faith in our institutions. The, 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 their faith is at an all-time low. And, and one of the reasons they've lost it is because the Congress, over the years, has not delivered for the American people well enough. And Johnson says that will change right now. In the days and weeks ahead, you're going to see Congress working as hard as it's ever worked, and we are going to deliver for the American people. I'm grateful for this opportunity. I want to thank you for being patient with us, and I promise you it'll be worth it. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. Johnson backed congressional attempts to discredit the 2020 election and is a staunch backer of Donald Trump, who's very pleased, by the way. He's popular, he's smart, he's sharp, he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be a fantastic speaker. Now, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries says it's time to get back to work. First issue, Ukraine and Israel. We can either stand up for Ukraine or bow down to Vladimir Putin. That is not a difficult choice. So more of who is Mike Johnson. He's characterized as having a very conservative voting record, being aligned with Donald Trump, as we say, elected the very same year, by the way, as Trump. So the difference between him and, say, Jim Jordan. Well, Bloomberg's Mike Dorning says personality, number one. He's definitely someone who throughout his career has definitely taken uh, a voting record far to the right on the Republican side. That said, he's not this confrontational, combative personality, like, for instance, Jim Jordan, who was nominated and failed to win speaker. And uh, Jordan promised immediately to work on passing a resolution of aid for Israel, and sources tell us that they're doing that. Israel says it is going to delay its ground invasion in an effort to get hostages out and to follow the U.S. time to bolster U.S. air defenses and forces in the Middle East. And U.S. President Joe Biden says it was not a U.S. demand. What I have indicated to him is that if that's possible to get these folks out safely, that's what he should do. It's their decision. But I did not demand it. And U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres says he's surprised by the angry reaction to his comments yesterday regarding the Palestinian people. I spoke of the grievances of the Palestinian people. And in doing so, I also clearly stated, and I quote, but the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify 
the appalling attacks by Hamas. Meanwhile, Qatar's foreign minister says that talks to release more hostages held by Hamas are progressing well. And top Pentagon officials are pressing Congress to provide a $3.4 billion in supplemental funding to boost the Navy's submarine industrial base and ease the fulfillment of the AUKUS agreements to counter China's military expansion in the Indo-Pacific. This while Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese visits the U.S. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. Let's take a look at some of the top business stories of the day. We're seeing Meta Platform shares trading a little bit lower now in after-hours trading after spiking on the earnings, now down about 2% or so. The company did post third-quarter sales of $34.2 billion. That beat the estimates of 33.5. Meta's core advertising business returned to growth after struggles that had begun last year. And it comes while Meta is still investing heavily in AI and also in virtual reality. We heard from Bloomberg's John Ehrlichman. They showed top line strength. They showed bottom line discipline. Uh, We've seen uh, massive cost reductions. Headcount has come down dramatically since last November for the company. Uh, And so uh, if they can grow their revenue at a time when they are sending a message to the street about costs being improved, you know, it's a nice recipe. And that is John Ehrlichman. Uh, Meta sees its expenses increasing to between 94 and $99 billion next year. And most of those dollars will be going toward its expansion of technology infrastructure to run complex AI and virtual reality tools. Now, we had mentioned that the shares for a lot of uh, the after-hours trading session were higher. Uh, just getting some indications now that uh, some other factors at play, now down about 1.7%. And as we heard earlier from Doug, It was a day when you had sharply higher uh, long-term bond yields, uh, and that tends to have a downward press on uh, on big tech shares. We also heard from IBM after the bell. The company reported better than expected sales, and at the same time, IBM affirmed its full-year outlook. The stock right now is up about 1.4% in the late U.S. session. Let's get more now from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
It suggests the company's focus on software and hybrid cloud services is producing positive results. Third quarter sales gained 4.6% to $14.8 billion. Analysts on average estimated $14.7 billion. As part of its transformation, IBM has divested its managed infrastructure, weather, and health businesses in recent years. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Well, let's take a closer look at this Morgan Stanley story here, selecting Ted Pick to become its new chief executive officer starting in January. He succeeds James Gorman after a 14-year run that reshaped the U.S. bank. Pick is the man credited with spurring a revival in Morgan Stanley's trading business after a perilous stretch during the 2008 financial crisis. Pick will be able to lean on Gorman. He has indicated, Gorman has indicated that He wants to help with this transition without specifying how long he plans to stay on as chairman. And just looking at the shares here uh, in after hours, uh, they did inch up a little bit uh, on this selection. Well, Sam Bankman-Fried will be taking the stand in his fraud trial, and that could happen as early as tomorrow. He will likely defend his actions in the run-up to the collapse of his digital asset empire, FTX. Now, we know that former colleagues have already painted him as the mastermind of a years-long scheme to defraud customers and investors. Bloomberg's Sonali Basik tells us what we can expect when Bankman Freed takes the stand. Well, we know that he's been saying a lot about how he didn't knowingly commit fraud. A lot of this is not only about intent, but also he's been ma- his lawyers, at least, have been making the case that this was a matter of poor risk management rather than knowingly defrauding investors. They've been making the point over and over here that these loans taken between FTX and Alameda were uh, known, were very standard course of business, and anyone could take a margin loan uh, as a customer from FTX, just Alameda had the most of them. That is Bloomberg Shanali Basik. Brian? Well, President Biden and Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese are ramping up cooperation on critical minerals and also on infrastructure initiatives. It's part of a strategy aimed at countering China's military and economic influence in the Indo-Pacific. Here's Albanese speaking at a joint news conference with Biden. We're working closely with the United States to build end-to-end sustainable, reliable and transparent supply chains for critical minerals. Of course, Australia has abundant supplies of these critical minerals that will drive our economies throughout this century. Lithium, cobalt, copper, vanadium and rare earths. That's Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. The U.S. and Australia will also work on a project to deliver high-speed, stable Internet connectivity to many Pacific islands. The White House said the two countries plan to invest a total of some $65 million in boosting connectivity and will work with Alphabet's Google on the project. China's chipmaker SMIC is said to have used advanced technology from ASML to manufacture a high-level processor for Huawei. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more from Hong Kong. Sources say ASML's immersion-deep ultraviolet machines were used to make a chip that powers Huawei's Mate 60 phone. The level of sophistication in the Mate 60 had alarmed Washington, and it worried policymakers that U.S. export restrictions might have been circumvented. The development suggests that the curbs on ASML might have come too late to stem China's advances in chip-making. ASML declined to comment, so did SMIC. Now there will be some gnashing of teeth here, but there is no suggestion to the Sales violated export restrictions. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. ASML shares did trade lower uh, during the European session. 
Let's get to our guest, Joe Matthew, head of uh, or host of Bloomberg Sound On, and with us to talk a little bit about the House Speaker election. Joe, great to have you on. I asked a flippant question yesterday on the show to one of our guests. Why don't they just ask Donald Trump who he wants and be done with it? So that was obviously tongue in cheek. Uh, But then the columnist Francis Wilkinson asks it today, and I think many are asking this, who chose the speaker, Republicans or Trump? Um, Well, look, Donald Trump doesn't have a great record in choosing speakers. If you look at the last few nominations, you know, he had a full throated endorsement of Jim Jordan, who went down in flames. Uh, We were just talking to Mick Mulvaney a couple of moments ago, who is Donald Trump's uh, former acting chief of staff. He knows the man pretty well. He knows Congress pretty well, too. He helped to co-found the Freedom Caucus. And he said Donald Trump really doesn't have that much power when it comes to endorsements. His power lies in destroying someone, as he as we saw just yesterday with Tom Emmer. A moment after he became the nominee, Donald Trump depth charged the whole thing. I will say, however, that I think he gave a few members cover today uh, when he said, let's get this done. And it, it seemed pretty clear that this was coming together in a, in a very convincing fashion. I, every member of the Republican conference, after all the drama we just lived through, voted for this speaker. And it's funny, Joe, one of the reasons given is that, you know, he's amicable. He gets on with everybody, this guy, Johnson. Hmm. But he's also the person who collected votes for the amicus brief filed in Texas and the lawsuit that wanted to overturn the election results. That's right. How trustworthy is he to get House work done? Well, how trustworthy he is for Democrats is a question. I just asked Denny Hoyer that a couple of moments ago, and that that has yet to be seen. People seem to be giving him the benefit of the doubt. Let's start the clock now and see how he acts as speaker. But what you said is correct. And this was a problem for, for Jim Jordan for a lot of people. This is the individual who wrote the amicus brief, who not only uh, acted to decertify the election results, but in fact fought them and wanted to bring this to the Supreme Court. That's just a part of history. It's a fact, and that's what it is. When he was asked last night in a news briefing after the vote that made him nominee, a reporter from ABC News asked him just simply to comment on that. And she was shouted down by members of the Republican conference, told to shut up, and she never got an answer. Given the uphill battle that this was for Mike Johnson uh, eventually to take this post, uh, I think we can say, uh, can we, that MAGA is ascendant now? Look, I think it's hard to deny that if you look at certainly any polls on the presidential campaign trail, but also the poll that he has, I suppose, in the House of Representatives, which is a very different place than the Senate. You don't see the influence of Donald Trump in the so-called upper chamber. Uh, But look, yeah, this is a concern. Joe Biden says he wants to work with the new speaker, and and that would be his character uh, to try. But there's going to be a lot of skepticism here. That's, by the way, why a lot of Democrats were, were in fact, comfortable with the idea of Tom Emmer becoming speaker yesterday. A lot of folks don't even remember that happening, but he voted to certify the results, and they thought that put him in a different class. Joe... Johnson is an advocate of cutting spending. More than that, he called the federal government a monster and said it should be starved. Is there going to be a funding deal done? Boy, that's a good question. There will be, it looks like, a continuing resolution that will prevent a shutdown on November 17th. He's indicated that he's open to doing that, which is the very thing that got Kevin McCarthy fired. So a lot of us are scratching our heads. How did he get every member of the Republican House to vote for him, knowing this would be the case? And it really brings us back to the idea of that being a personal vendetta uh, from folks like Matt Gates against Kevin McCarthy. That's certainly how the former speaker saw it. But there's going to be a little bit of a honeymoon here. He's going to get a bit of room, continuing 
Warming Resolution, also this budget request for Israel. There are more questions about that because it looks like they're going to try to combine that with money for Ukraine, for Taiwan and the border. And this mm. Republican House is not fond of attaching all of these spending measures. And, and they're going to ask for single issue spending bills on each of them. That could slow things down. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you about. No likely um, short term action then? Um, it, look, in, in terms of the supplemental budget request, let's see. News events have a way of making things happen in Washington. If we see an invasion of Gaza, for instance, if we if we see an actual second or third front open with real uh, uh, you know fighting that takes place, it's going to be a different conversation. The problem, though, is Ukraine. That's sixty billion of the hundred and six billion dollars the president is asking for, and we're hearing from a lot of Republicans in the House not another dollar for Ukraine. Joe, was there a deal done? Uh, I'm sorry. Was there a deal done in order for him to get to the 217 votes? I'm not sure that that there was. This happened so fast. He, I don't think the the new uh, speaker even knew that he was going to be in this position two days ago. This really seemed to be frustration, capitulation. Let's get someone. And they found an individual who had so little experience, he didn't have enemies. Uh, you know, you talk about he gets along with a lot of people. I'll be honest with you. A lot of members don't know who he is. And so there's going to be a real getting to know your process that starts now. I begs the question, does the public know who he is? Not at all. That Look, yeah. this will be one of the top searches on Google today. Who the heck is Mike Johnson? Uh, Stanny Hoyer, the former Democratic leader in the House, had to have his staff compile a one sheet on who this person was today. This should tell you a lot about it. And again, yeah. experience is apparently... Uh, a deficit in the house. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.